Hey everyone, this is Danielle Albrecht coming to you as the independent educator. I have finally made time to do another episode and I want to fill you in on how the school year is going. I know that many of you are paying attention to the news and figuring out what's going on with schools in your district and I want to just tell you how my experience has been this year, 2020-2021, and COVID, pandemic, all the fun, all the masks, all the adventure that has been uh, at our fingertips this year. So stay tuned and I'll fill you in on what's going on. I'm going to call this episode, I Can Do Hard Things, because that has been my mantra. Every day when I get to work, that's what I keep telling myself. When things get really difficult and I get frustrated and I just don't know where to go, I say this to myself that I can do hard things and I've been able to persevere. So um, I want to start off this discussion today or this episode with a thought of many of you are in various careers. Of course, I have a lot of educator listeners, but I want to ask you or make you think about what other careers have had to pivot as quickly and as uniquely as educators. And sure, uh, restaurant owners, I'm not discounting how quickly they've had to make accommodations to their business. But many of my professionals, uh, friends of mine who are professionals are working from home still, they're working remotely, they and that brings its own difficulty like I did in the spring. But I routinely think about how quickly we have had to make these decisions and move accordingly. So let me back up a little bit. We started our school year remote. Uh, We were able to go a few weeks with online learning. And then we slowly had a onboarding process where we basically taught every class two times. So I teach five courses or five classes, five sections. And so during that two week interval, I taught 10 classes. And it ended up being like eight classes in three days, the way that it split. And it was pretty exhausting, I got to say. Repeating my same lesson six times uh, in economics was quite exhausting. And yet it was nice to have groups of students back in person. And so I kept saying to myself, I can do hard things. And then we after those two weeks, uh, so this was took us to September, we had uh, students on campus then. We combined classes and went to a normal s- situation. Um, I have such large cl- courses or class enrollments that my students don't fit in my classroom uh, given those social distancing protocols and there's just simply not enough chairs in my class. So I actually am teaching four out of my five classes in a lecture hall. And so I'm very lucky. I feel very safe every day. Um, I never get too close to students unless I'm walking around helping, but I'm never around them longer than 15 minutes. Uh, We're all wearing masks. I do have a group of students that are online and a group of students that are there. Um, And at various times, I've had students, you know, fluctuate between online and in person for various reasons. What I want to say is this is hard, okay? Even though I can say I can do hard things, I want everyone to know that this is a very difficult year. Uh, Nothing is normal about teaching this year. So let me paint the picture a little bit more. Like I said, I feel very safe. But where I used to be able to turn on my projector, 
get my clicker ready and talk and discuss and interact with students and teach. That to me was as long as I had a good lesson plan, I was able to go. And after teaching these courses, as long as I have, I would tweak and improve lessons every single time, which I've said in past uh, episodes. But I was really able to pretty much turn on technology without any major glitches, could get through what I wanted to, teach in 80 minutes, have a lot of discussion, talk about the news, uh, have kid work, kids work in group, have a nice mixture of uh, discussion, lecture, uh, practice problems, all of that. And that's completely changed this year. So what I do now is I walk across campus and bring a, a ugly canvas bag across campus and I open up the lecture hall and I have to power up the whole system, attach my computer to the system, connect to Zoom, project, put on a mic because with a mask and the space I'm in, I can no, students can't hear me. I no longer walk around the room as much. I stand in front of a podium so that the kids on Zoom can also see me and so that I can see them. I um, have to remember to record my lesson in case some kids are not attending class and they want to watch their lesson or watch the recording later. I have to occasionally move closer to kids when I need to hear them, and then I need to repeat the question so that the online learners can hear if they need to. Instead of drawing on my boards, I have a really cool room if I got to teach in there. When I get to teach in there again, that would be great. Um, And I have three walls of dry erase boards in my classroom. So normally, as an economics teacher, I'm graphing, I'm really interacting with the boards, I'm manipulating graphs that I'm projecting with uh, dry erase markers and, you know, trying to make it interactive or having kids go up and graph and, you know, making it fun. This year, I have to share a screen, do a whiteboard on my tablet, and make that work. So there's just not that same, uh, I can't be as as quick and as uh, uh, maybe, I don't pivot quite as well as I have in the past. Everything has to be kind of planned out at a different level. And it works. I still think kids are learning. I still think that uh, teaching and learning is occurring. But I'm going to say again, this is hard, and I can do hard things, okay? So these are things that, again, this uh, Brene Brown's coming out, all these podcasts I listened to over the summer is really helping me get through this and being mindful of how I'm feeling in the moment and that it's not a kid's fault. It's not COVID, you know, it's COVID's fault, but, but what is that, right? What is a pandemic? Who do we blame? We don't blame anyone. This is what it is. And so I have my moments of frustration, but I really come back to, um, I can do hard things. In terms of projects, I'm a very experiential learner-based teacher. And this year in my entrepreneurial studies class, I managed to still do projects. Um, I've made them a little bit bit more unique or, or a little bit more tailored to the situation. Uh, we started off with a normal business model canvas, uh, sorry, a, a business challenge like I normally do with a business. But this time I actually made use of the fact that we're using Zoom and we're used to having these opportunities. So I actually partnered with an alum who has her own business out in LA. And so my students were able to Zoom with her and connect with these ideas. And that was really neat to get them going um, on that idea. And so that project went well. It t- Projects 
given the circumstance, take longer. And therefore, you know, I have to kind of move around my schedule and due dates. And being flexible has been key in that. But I really have to say kids don't know any better. They don't they weren't in the class last year. They don't know what was happening before. They're going with the flow. That one is an elective class. And so they're having fun learning about business and thinking in creative ways. And so that one has been probably the easiest, even though the projects have changed and morphed, it's easy to get them on board and to get them to to work. Of course, the day that we presented to the business owner, I think I had two laptops running, an iPad videotaping, my phone, so we were on FaceTime with better sound because on Zoom, the sound wasn't as good. So again, apparently teachers make all sorts of decisions every day. Like somebody, some research is saying that we make 300 decisions a day and I do not doubt that. Um, And on that day, I know I made more than that because I had to quickly, you know, stay calm and make sure that kids were being able to produce, you know, their work to the business owner and, and follow through. So that's pretty much my day. And then I find a space to be during my free periods because my classroom is now being occupied by another colleague who I have a big classroom, but given my 30 kids per class just doesn't fit in the classroom. So my colleague is in my class. So during my free periods, I'm displaced to another area, which works. I'm just very much a nomad and I'm very much moving around and making sure I'm visible if kids are around and want help during my free periods. Um, but it, it's working. And again, I can do hard things. I will say that the students throughout this have been extremely resilient and reminds me that in all of this, we are going to create a generation of students that are going to be better in the long run. They are going to face challenges head on. They are going to have that grit and resistance and resilience and power to overcome things. When we brought students back on campus and we combined groups and it felt more normal, it's amazing to see their spirits lifted. And while it's hard for me to get a lot of reaction out of my, you know, socially distant large classes in a lecture hall with students wearing masks that are far away from me, I do know that Occasionally, by reading their eyes and no, you know the 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 head nodding, the you know we found ways to communicate in in other ways. Uh, they are getting something out of being in that shared space, and they have really reminded me that I can do hard things because they can do hard things. And so I'm really grateful to work at a school with students that are this accommodating. They continue to show up online or in person. They're trying to learn. They're trying to do their best to use the resources there. In fact, I think some of them are more independent than they were in the past. I think this has allowed them to be self-starters, to find resources online. Uh, I'm assigning videos that I've never assigned in the past of ways to review on their own. And I'm finding that kids are, are learning that way. In the past, I used to always meet with students between a test and a retest opportunity. Now that I have about 75, close to 80 kids in economics, I did it for the first test and realized that was just not feasible uh, to meet with them in those small groups via Zoom and um, spending that much time. So I decided that 
students had to watch videos to review concepts because they line up with standards that I'm teaching. So I instead said, hey, why don't you watch these videos? I can actually check that they watch them and uh, with this learning system. And therefore, I can check off and they have to submit notes. And so they kind of still have to jump through the note, the hoops like normal to get that retest opportunity. But I really liked the fact that I'm putting it back on them. Hey, you didn't learn it the first time. You can ask me questions, of course. I'm always willing to help. But let's see how you do when, when you watch these videos. And on our latest retest, it re- went really well. Students, by and large, really understood the material. And I, th- I hope that when they saw those opportunities with those videos, that they watched it on the front end so that they don't have to watch it on the, on the flip side, right? That they'll do better on this test as a result. I continue to do study um, sessions. I still do these massive uh, study sessions before tests. Uh, we, again, meet in this lecture hall, which I'm so grateful I'm able to, to be in that space and have a large group of students there. This year, I also post my reviews online. I never did that in the past. So if kids can't make it, I record it, and therefore I can share it. And in the past, if you made it, you made it. If you had sports or something else, it was really a conflict, and, and I, wouldn't, um, I, I didn't use technology to make it better uh, last fall. So those are some things that, that certainly are there. Um, I still think the kids are fun. The kids are, are kids, right? They still want to be goofy. They still want to make jokes and interact and question each other and, um, you know, have fun learning, all of those things that I cherish within a school. What's different, though, is that between classes, kids are encouraged to go outside, take mass breaks, be outside, outside of the school building, and they can also go home. So in the past, it was just seniors who had that privilege to leave, and that was typically second semester. But now, any student with permission from their parents and from the school can leave during free periods. So you don't have the kids mingling in the halls. And this is good, right? We don't want that, that type of interaction to happen um, in, at that level. So kids are outside during free time. Uh, they eat lunch outside now instead of a, in the student center. So they have all of these differences um, in their day. And so the pattern, the routine of school is very different for all of us, but I think it's working. And what I'm realizing is, while schools are one of the few institutions that have not made major changes over time, if we think about uh, transportation that's changed because of Uber, when we think about um, uh, housing and lodging, housing changing now with with new loaning and real estate options, uh, thinking about Airbnb, changing all of how we do lodging and, you know, hotel and competition of substitutes, all of that stuff. All of those have, have completely shifted. Even the way we can invest, uh, Robinhood has come in and totally changed how we invest uh, compared to using E-Trade or uh, previous experiences. Teaching, education was still doing a lot of processes that were quite dated, And so I am, I've said this many times since COVID hit, that there are good outcomes. There are things that I'm seeing us change, and I hope that continues. One is that I think we trust our students more, and I think we show them that by saying, hey, you can leave between school. We don't need to supervise you at all times. Be outside. Hang out with your friends. Make good choices. And I think that we allowed that to happen by senior year, and yet 
I think that might have been too late in some of our circumstances of, hey, is it appropriate to trust a somebody who can drive to make good choices for themselves? Maybe, right? And so far, it's proven that, you know, by and large, kids can make good decisions. Of course, they're going to continue to make mistakes. And I'll never think that they won't. And in fact, I like that they're making mistakes and going from that and learning accordingly. So I think that we're showing that we trust them. I think we're giving more freedom. And I think in the long run, this is going to help our whole school. And I hope that in education, we don't take these steps and see these changes of using technology more, giving our kids more freedom. And I hope we don't revamp once all of this is passed and just go back to old ways. And I think it would be virtually impossible uh, to do such things. But I will say that in all of this, as I keep saying to myself, I can do hard things, this is hard, I want to remind listeners that the keys to education still go back to some of my core principles. Be flexible and be consistent. So in the light of all of these, you know, maybe cases of quarantine and possible exposures, if I can be a consistent figure to them, that I always show up willing to teach what I teach, willing to expect good high things out of them, high expectations out of them. And I'm consistently that. And I'm flexible when I need to be flexible. If kids are stressed and they need a retake option or they need an extension. So I keep those two strong principles. I think that allows me to do the hard things that I'm doing. And that's what has helped me thus far. I will say that getting our first set of grades into our uh, grade book and finalizing comments. We write a, a mini paragraph about every kid that we teach for their report cards. And that was tough. There's no doubt about it. But it was the week after, which happened to be last week, when I really hit my hardest point of the year so far, where I really just sat there one day as I was struggling with technology, had a room full of students that weren't giving a whole lot of energy back that day, um, struggling with how to you know project and, and get sound right and do all these things. And I just remember I had to stop, take a deep breath, and remind myself I can do hard things. And what surprised me is I'd made it over this big hump and said, oh, I'm going to get through this deadline. Everything else is going to be great this year. I'm going to get through this. And it was actually that next week when I kind of stopped and I think expected things to get easier, was kind of resting on, all right, this is this is going to be routine. There was nothing routine. And that's the thing. There's nothing routine about this year. You can think your day is going to start one way. And by the end of the day, that is not how it went at all. Um, you check your emails and you realize, you know, new cases or new protocols or new expectations. Um, we need to submit seating charts for contact tracing. We need to uh, construct new makeup plans for students. There's always something that will keep us busy. And it's amazing how busy I feel given that we don't have routine meetings with our students. We don't have, uh, you know, assemblies. We don't have those type of moments that... Um, to me are are things that, you know, make a school and what used to be those traditions, etc. So I still feel busy. I still feel like there's plenty to do. I have no idea what the rest of this year is going to be. I have no idea if we'll stay in person. I have no idea if we'll go back to remote. 
and I have to remember I can do hard things no matter what they offer. I'm grateful to be teaching. I am grateful to have motivated students that energize me and help me do hard things. And so I wanted to share this as this is how it's going. This is a COVID update 2020. And I hope that uh, that gave you a little insight on what it is from a teacher's perspective. Thanks for listening.